Part nine of the Life of Josephus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Life of Josephus by Flavius Josephus. Translated by William Whiston. Part nine. Now when the people of Sephorus had, in no surprising a manner, escaped their first danger, they sent to Cestius Gallus, and desired him to come to them immediately, and take possession of their city, or else to send forces sufficient to repress all their enemies' incursions upon them. And at the last they did prevail with Gallus to send them a considerable army, both of horse and foot, which came in the night-time, and which they admitted into the city. But when the country round about it was harassed by the Roman army, I took those soldiers that were about me, and came to Garsime, where I cast up a bank a good way off the city Sephorus. And when I was at twenty furlongs distance, I came upon it by night, and made an assault upon its walls with my forces. And when I had ordered a considerable number of my soldiers to scale them with ladders, I became master of the greatest part of the city." But soon after, our unacquaintedness with the places forced us to retire, after we had killed twelve of the Roman footmen, and two horsemen, and a few of the people of Sephorus, with the loss of only a single man of our own. And when afterwards came to a battle in the plain against the horsemen, and we had undergone the dangers of it courageously for a long time, we were beaten." for upon the Romans encompassing me about, my soldiers were afraid and fell back. There fell in that battle one of those that had been entrusted to guard my body. His name was Justus, who at the time had the same post with the king. At the same time also there came forces, both horsemen and footmen, from the king, and Scylla their commander, who was the captain of his guard. This Scylla pitched his camp at five furlongs distance from Julius, and set a guard upon the roads, both that which led to Cana, and that which led to the fortress Gamala, that he might hinder their inhabitants from getting provisions out of Galilee. As soon as I had gotten intelligence of this, I sent two thousand armed men, and a captain over them, whose name was Jeremiah, who raised a bank a furlong off Julius, near to the river Jordan, and did no more than skirmish with the enemy, till I took three thousand soldiers myself and came to them. But on the next day, when I had laid an ambush in a certain valley, not far from the banks, I provoked those that belonged to the king to come to a battle, and gave orders to my own soldiers to turn their backs upon them, until they should have drawn the enemy away from their camp, and brought them out into the field, which was done accordingly. For Scylla, supposing that our party did really run away, was ready to pursue them, when our soldiers that lay in ambush took them on their backs, and put them all into great disorder." I also immediately made a sudden turn with my own forces, and met those of the king's party, and put them to flight. And I had performed great things that day, if a certain fate had not been my hindrance. For the horse on which I rode, and upon whose back I fought, fell into a quagmire, and threw me on the ground, and I was bruised on my wrist, and carried into a village named Sepharname or Capernaum. 
When my soldiers heard of this, they were afraid I had been worse hurt than I was, and so they did not go on with their pursuit any further, but returned in very great concern for me. I therefore sent for the physicians, and while I was under their hands, I continued feverish that day, and as the physicians directed, I was that night removed to Terrachi. When Scylla and his party were informed what happened to me, they took courage again, and understanding that the watch was negligently kept in our camp, they by night placed a body of horsemen in ambush beyond Jordan, and when it was day they provoked us to fight, and as we did not refuse it but came into the plain, their horsemen appeared out of that ambush in which they had lain, and put our men into disorder, and made them run away. So they slew six men of our side. Yet they did not go off with the victory at last, for when they heard that some armed men were sailed from Terrache to Juli, they were afraid and retired. It was not now long before Vespasian came to Tyre, and King Agrippa with him. But the Tyrians began to speak reproachfully of the king, and called him an enemy to the Romans. For they said that Philip, the general of his army, had betrayed the royal palace and the Roman forces that were in Jerusalem, and that it was done by his command. When Vespasian heard of this report, he rebuked the Tyrians for abusing a man who was both a king and a friend to the Romans. But he exhorted the king to send Philip to Rome, to answer for what he had done before Nero. But when Philip was sent thither, he did not come into the sight of Nero, for he found him very near death, on account of the troubles that then happened, and a civil war. And so he returned to the king." But when Vespasian was come to Ptolemais, the chief men of the Decapolis of Syria made a clamor against justice of Tiberias, because he had set their villages on fire. So Vespasian delivered him to the king, to be put to death by those under the king's jurisdiction. Yet did the king only put him into bonds, and concealed what he had done from Vespasian, as I have before related." But the people of Sephorus met Vespasian, and saluted him, and had forces sent him, with Placidus their commander. He also went up with them, as I also followed them, till Vespasian came to Galilee. As to which coming of his, and after what manner it was ordered, and how he fought his first battle with me near the village Terechi, and how from thence we went to Jodapata, and how I was taken alive and bound, and how I was afterward loosed, with all that was done by me in the Jewish war, and during the siege of Jerusalem, I have accurately related them in the books concerning the war of the Jews. However, it will, I think, be fit for me to add now an account of these actions of my life, which I have not related in that book of the Jewish war. For when the siege of Jodapata was over, and I was among the Romans, I was kept with much care, by means of the great respect that Vespasian showed me. Moreover, at his command, I married a virgin, who was from among the captives of that country, yet did she not live with me long, but was divorced upon my being freed from my bonds, and my going to Alexandria. However, I married another wife at Alexandria, and was thence sent, together with Titus, to the siege of Jerusalem, and was frequently in danger of being put to death, while both the Jews were very desirous to get me under their power, in order to have me punished. 
and the Romans also, whenever they were beaten, supposed that it was occasioned by my treachery, and made continual clamours to the emperors, and desired that they would bring me to punishment, as a traitor to them. But Titus Caesar was well acquainted with the uncertain fortune of war, and returned no answer to the soldiers' vehement solicitations against me. Moreover, when the city Jerusalem was taken by force, Titus Caesar persuaded me frequently to take whatsoever I would of the ruins of my country, and did that he gave me leave so to do. But when my country was destroyed, I thought nothing else to be of any value which I could take and keep as a comfort under my calamities. So I made this request to Titus, that my family might have their liberty. I had also the holy books by Titus's concession. Nor was it long after that I asked of him the life of my brother, and of fifty friends with him, and was not denied. When I also went once to the temple, by the permission of Titus, where there were a great multitude of captive women and children, I got all those that I remembered as among my own friends and acquaintances to be set free, being in number about one hundred and ninety and so I delivered them without their paying any price of redemption, and restored them to their former fortune. And when I was sent by Titus Caesar with Serialans and a thousand horsemen to a certain village called Thakoa, in order to know whether it were a place fit for a camp, as I came back I saw many captives crucified, and remembered three of them as my former acquaintance. I was very sorry at this in my mind, and went with tears in my eyes to Titus, and told him of them. So he immediately commanded them to be taken down, and to have the greatest care taken of them, in order to their recovery. Yet two of them died under the physician's hands, while the third recovered. But when Titus had composed the troubles in Judea, and conjectured that the lands which I had in Judea would bring me no profit, because a garrison to guard the country was afterward to pitch there, he gave me another country in the plain. And when he was going away to Rome, he made choice of me to sail along with him, and paid me great respect. And when we were come to Rome, I had great care taken of me by Vespasian, for he gave me an apartment in his own house, which he lived in before he came to the empire. He also honoured me with the privilege of a Roman citizen, and gave me an annual pension, and continued to respect me to the end of his life without any abatement of his kindness to me, which very thing made me envied and brought me into danger, for a certain Jew, whose name was Jonathan, who had raised a tumult in Cyrene, and had persuaded two thousand men of that country to join with him, was the occasion of their ruin. But when he was bound by the governor of that country, and sent to the emperor, he told him that I had sent him both weapons and money. However, he could not conceal his being a liar from Vespasian, who condemned him to die according to which sentence he was put to death. Nay, after that, when those that envied my good fortune did frequently bring accusations against me, by God's providence I escaped them all. I also received from Vespasian no small quantity of land as a free gift in Judea, about which time I divorced my wife also, as not pleased with her behaviour, 
though not till she had been the mother of three children, two of whom are dead, and one whom I named Hyrcanus is alive. After this I married a wife who had lived at Crete, but a Jewess by birth. A woman she was of eminent parents, and such as were the most illustrious in all the country, and whose character was beyond that of most other women, as her future life did demonstrate. By her I had two sons, the elder's name was Justus, and the next Simonides, who was also named Agrippa. And these were the circumstances of my domestic affairs. However, the kindness of the emperor to me continued still the same, for when Vespasian was dead, Titus, who succeeded him in the government, kept up the same respect for me which I had from his father, and when I had frequent accusations laid against me, he would not believe them. And Domitian, who succeeded, still augmented his respects to me, for he punished those Jews that were my accusers, and gave command that a servant of mine, who was a eunuch and my accuser, should be punished. He also made that country I had in Judea tax-free, which is a mark of the greatest honour to him who hath it. Nay, Domitia, the wife of Caesar, continued to do me kindnesses. And this is the account of the actions of my whole life, and let others judge of my character by them as they please. But to thee, O Epaphroditus, thou most excellent of men, do I dedicate all this treatise of our antiquities, and so, for the present, I here conclude the whole. End of Part 9 End of The Life of Josephus